Good morning, Lake Church. I would like to welcome everybody that's watching online. We're glad you're with us this morning. And I know that you are going to be blessed just as much as we are blessed. This is going to be some good word this morning. So as we head into our offering, am I really loud? Woo, glory! Almost as loud as he is. So as you know, in this church, there are many ways that you can give so that the Lord can give back to you. One of which is our end of the year giving. If you guys haven't gotten one of these, it's in a white envelope outside. And uh, on the 22nd, it says the 19th and 22nd, we're going to be taking up an end of the year offering. And that offering is for special stuff for the church, things that are above and beyond maintenance uh, issues that we have and things that we need to kind of wrap up for the year. So make sure you spend some time in prayer about that. I got to tell you a really cool story. So I was praying, and the Lord hadn't given me anything. And so I said, Lord, I'd like to give this amount, but I don't have that amount. So if if you want me to give that, then please just, you know, supply my needs. Give me what I need to be able to give that, and I'll give it. Man, the skies opened up, and it was the next week business started coming in. And I'm just like, wow, praise God. So he supplied. I asked him, this is what I want to do. And then he actually gave me a number that was a little bit bigger than that and said, here, this is really what you can give. And I can because it's there. He provided when I asked. And he knew my heart. He knew my heart. My heart was to give for the end of the year offering because, you know, we've never been in a position. The end of the year is usually the worst time for me. And so we haven't been in a good position. And so for him to bless me like that, He can bless all of you the same because he is no respecter of persons. Even though I'm his favorite, he still loves you guys. I'm I'm serious, okay? I'm sorry. I I hate to break it to you. Just like my grandpa, I was always his favorite. And I'm sure that he never told my cousins that. All right. You guys know how it is, right? All right, and then we also have our uh, missions. I don't know if you guys remember this. A month or so ago, we kind of went through this deal. And uh, if you made a, you know, a pledge to give to missions, because we, if you get one of these from the back, we give all over the world. I mean, we give all over the world to places that we'll never touch. I know, praise God, thank you, Jesus, I'm not called to go to Africa. But somebody is. And so we support those people. We support those people to go because God called them to do it. So let's make sure that we pray about that also. And I'm not up here begging for money because it's God's. I don't care. I'm just saying he wants to bless you. And if you don't give, you can't get blessed. So he wants to give you opportunities to be able to sow into the ministry. So those are opportunities. Thank you, sir. Please come to all the services. You make me feel good. All right, and then we are also taking up an offering for uh, Pastor Ramon in the Dominican Republic, which this is really cool, is he has a basketball camp discipleship program where he brings kids in from outlying areas and teaches them basketball and gives them a purpose. And so right now he's using his own van or his own car or whatever, so he's having to make multiple trips. So we want to bless him with a van. And that's what the, the board is outside. So you can see every week, you can see that red just rise until we get that paid off or we can get him a van. Because to me, that's a blessing. 
That is a blessing. That is a blessing to him so that he can do more ministry in less time. Because you can imagine if you had to run all the way to Tulsa and back three or four times, it doesn't give you much time to minister by the time you get people back there. But if you can make one trip, then the gospel is spread. And that's what it's all about, right? All right. I think that's all. They didn't put notes on, the, on my phone this morning. So I'm winging it. But we do have different ways to give. So you can do it old school and give it in an envelope and just put it in the bucket as it comes by. Or you can go online. You that are online, just click on the giving tab and it'll walk you right through it. And once you're set up, it's so easy to walk through. And I'll tell you something. Last week, I did text to give. I know, I know, I know. I'm moving along here. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty easy. I got to be honest with you. I was like, well, okay. And so the next time I did the text to give, I was like, that's it, really? Yeah. No monster came out of my phone. It was just, it was good. I was just expecting some big old monster to come out and grab my wallet or something, you know. But it didn't happen, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just, I love you guys this morning. You guys are just awesome and patient and so loving. Yeah, praise God. All right, well, let's pray over our offering because uh, Miss Rebecca has an amazing, amazing word to bring this morning. Father, I just praise you and I glorify you. I lift you up and exalt you, Lord, because you are the King of kings. You are our Father in heaven, and I just pray that you bless this offering, Lord, and that each person that prays that says, I want to be able to give this, that you come through Lord and you show them how strong you are you show them who you are father that you provide whatever it takes to for them to give what they want to give and I just give you the glory and honor and praise and I thank you in advance amen I'm on. I did, there we go. I'm just not loud enough. I got to get in my groove. Start yelling. Okay, so y'all are so blessed. This morning, <laughs> maybe I'll be a little quieter. So y'all are blessed this morning. You get me? Yeah. <laughs> Our theme this month is uh, Christmas stories. I think they had a, yeah, it's up there, Christmas stories. That reminds me of that little boy. I guess that's what it's from. He's going to shoot his eye out. That's Jack's favorite movie forever. We have to watch it a million times every season, the little boy with the, with the BB gun every year. So this is Christmas stories. Um, and really, Christmas is, uh, Christmas is a time of celebration. Uh, we're celebrating that God came down to this earth as a human to redeem all of mankind, to atone for our sins. So that's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating that Jesus was born, but really it's about his whole life. We don't just celebrate that he's born, we celebrate his life all the way through eternity. Because it's not just about the birth, it's about all the parts of his life. Um, so it's a story of beginnings. 
It's a story of redemption. It's a story of uh, transformation. Christmas stories are uh, all-encompassing. They don't just uh, have one little piece. That's the way our stories are. So today I'm going to tell you some of my story, which really is Jesus' story. As he came into my life and transformed me. So, so my, my, my life was nothing special. I mean, it wasn't too horrible, but it wasn't too great. It wasn't, you know, it was just kind of here and there. Everybody's got things. Everybody's been through things. Uh, my life was not uh, something, you know, for the Hallmark Channel even. It was just ordinary, I guess. <laughs> to me, it was just ordinary because I, I've heard stories about people and the things that God redeemed them from, you know, the life that they were living. And, and so I don't think that mine is anything uh, filled with action and adventure, you know. But it is filled with miracles because of Jesus. So, so my life is miraculous, and I, I celebrate that. I remember that. I think of that uh, when I think about Christmas and, and uh, Jesus because... I'm filled with him, and he is my life now, and I'm grateful for that. I'm eternally grateful for that. So we, um, <laughs> I'm nervous because I got pictures. <laughs> I'm not nervous about what I say. I'm nervous about what y'all see. Uh, so I tried to keep it uh, not too embarrassing for myself. So we're going to start out with... We're going to have a little fun with it, too. <laughs> We're going to start. <laughs> Look how cute. <laughs> Aren't I cute? Oh, gosh. Too bad I didn't stay that way, right? <laughs> so I just had to put, listen, I got to show my baby pictures whenever I can because I want people to know I once was sweet and innocent. Yeah? <laughs> so I started out just a normal little kid. I had a mom, dad, brothers, sisters, grandmas, grandpas, living my life, you know. And I, began, I just grew up just like everybody else, went to school, uh, got a little older. Uh, let's show the next picture. I think that's, look. You can, which one's me? Yeah, like that's hard. <laughs> that's me and my siblings. And we were, my mom always made us take pictures, like always, portraits. It was crazy. And now she don't give a rip. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I'm old, I don't care. Y'all have pictures or not. So that was me getting a little older. And then the next one, oh, that was me in high school, me and my bestie. Oh, those glasses are back in style. What's up with that, right? I should have kept them. I could be cool again. <laughs> like, they wear even bigger ones. They're, like, huge, ginormous. And they're walking around like they're all supermodels with these things on their face. Anyway. But during my teenage years, um, that's when I think things began to uh, manifest in my life that had been sown in my spirit. Uh, the things that I had gone through, uh, the beliefs I had developed, the things that um, I had uh, c 
come to see as my reality. That's, I feel like, when um, I began to make choices and decisions in my life that were going to alter my life greatly. And um, so I, I, uh, I began to do what I wanted. <laughs> I was 15 years old, and hey, I was a grown man. That's what my grandson says. Every time I say something to him, he says, I'm a grown man. Well, I was a grown woman. I thought at 15, just like he thinks he's a grown man. <laughs> and I was going to do what I wanted. I was going to do what I wanted. My mom and dad had divorced, and so it was just, you know, she was a single mom trying to make ends meet. Uh, so she was forever at work, which was, you know, I thought to my advantage because then I was able to run the streets and do what I wanted. I could live the life I wanted, and I did. I did. I'm telling you. I look back now, and I think, what the heck was I thinking? I look at these. When I was looking at these pictures, I'm telling you, I felt sorry for that girl. I felt sorry for that girl because she didn't know what was coming. She didn't have a clue. So I, I, um, I got married really young. I felt like... Uh, you know, I was big enough to do what I wanted, so I got married. Thought that made me more grown up. Isn't it funny? When we're young, we think we know, and then when we get older, we think, wow, what a ding-dong you were. <laughs> you had no sense whatsoever. <laughs> we try to save our kids from that by telling them about our experiences, and they're like, whatever, you were born just like you are. You never had a... I'm like, yeah, whatever. Kids don't know that we lived a whole life before them. So I was, I was exactly what it says um, in Galatians 5.19 when he talks about all the works of the flesh, all of the, all of the debauchery of human nature. That's what I was. I lived in the flesh. I drank. I did drugs. I was, I was promiscuous. I ran around. I come home and when I wanted, I did what I wanted. Got myself in a lot of trouble, got myself in a lot of dangerous places, a lot of dangerous positions. I got myself hurt a lot. Um, but those were the consequences of my choices. Those were the consequences of my actions. I had, um, when I was small, when I was younger, like, you know, eight, nine, six, five, I don't know, somewhere in there, I felt like I, uh, things would happen in my life and I'd cry out to God. And I would expect him to come and show up and do things in a certain way, to deliver me in a certain way, or to, you know, change situations. And when that didn't happen, I began to say, God's not real. And I, I rejected him, and I rejected everything that had anything to do with him. I did not, uh, I didn't want anything to do with him, you know. He was, he was worthless to me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be real. He didn't, he didn't matter. He didn't count. He wasn't nothing. Because I had asked for help, and he didn't show up, so I don't need him. I don't need, I don't need anything he has to offer, because obviously he has nothing to offer. And so I began to seek the kingdom of darkness. I began to uh, experiment with uh, witchcraft and sorcery and occultism. Um, I would... Uh, <laughs> I would curse people, and not with just little bad words. I'm talking put curses on people. I would um, have the little 
you know, voodoo dolls and things that some people don't believe those things are real or that there's any power to them. But I had given all my authority to the enemy and he was using it to his fullest. And so I, I had become uh, earthly, fleshly. I had become everything that Paul warns us about that we were before we were Christ and, and that we can sometimes get back into <laughs> if we're not careful. So I, I grew up a little bit. I got married, had some kids, got divorced because that's what happens when you you know, live kind of crappy. Uh, but through all this, I kind of, I kind of always put on this show of that I was, I was okay. Everything was good, even though inside I was the most broken, the, the most confused, and the most hurting that I could possibly have been. And so I, I put on this show, and uh, let's do uh, the next couple of pictures. Let's see. You can see. I look happy, don't I? <laughs> With my new baby, 16 years old. What a fool I was. But my daughter's beautiful. Next one. Let's go to the next one. There she is, getting a little older. And there me. There's it. Look at that cigarette in my hand. What a ding dong. <laughs> Let's go to the next one really quick. That one. I don't like that one. Oh, see. This is what I did when, my, when I could find somebody to pawn my daughter off on. I'd go run around with my friends and party and drink. 16 years old, 17 years old. Living the high life, leaving my baby with anybody and everybody. That's the way I, I lived my life. I appeared to be okay. You know, I, I was like everybody else I knew. I was just living my life, right? Well, I got divorced and lived that life for a while and decided... You know, that's not for me, really. Uh, I finally was getting a little bit older and decided I didn't like drinking so much. It gave me a headache. Yeah. And then I, I'd find myself in situations where I didn't know how I got there, so that wasn't good. Um, so let's do a couple more. Let's see what we got. I'm kind of scared. Oh, look. Look how young. Look at that hair. It's almost like it is now. Me and Jack. There's my baby again. All the booze surrounding us as we partied up nice, isn't it? It's real nice. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> Me and my friends acting a fool as usual. There's that cigarette again. Darn it. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Let's see what we got. Oh, don't. Oh, see, I was getting old enough. I was beginning to realize pretending to be happy on the outside and being miserable on the inside, sometimes it'd creep out a little bit. Let's see what's the next one. Began to show on my face, in my countenance. Let's do the next one. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, it was fleeting. I do get fleshly sometimes. So, yes, that face has appeared occasionally. <laughs> But, you know, I was, I was not happy on the inside, and I thought that, that I could uh, 
be happy if I just went through all the motions of what a happy life looks like. You know? I got remarried to an awesome guy who's put up with me for the last 27 years. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> I forget. I, I quit counting because it makes me old, right, if I tell how long I've been married. So, and, and, and I was just trying to be what I thought I should be, what I thought everybody should be. I was trying to be happy. I was trying to make myself be happy by, by making this life around me. And I noticed that when I was uh, going through all the thousands and thousands of pictures I had, there wasn't really that many of me. I would always hide because I didn't ever like what I saw. And not in the physical. As I was looking through these pictures, I realized that when I would look at the pictures of me after, I would think, you know, what's going on inside me? What was in my heart at that moment? And I would think, I'm miserable. I'm a miserable person. And so I, I got married, and, and we were living a good life, you know, buy a house, buy some cars, uh, have friends, do those kinds of things. That's what we do, right? We just live life. But inside, I was trying to, I was trying to have joy. I was trying to be happy. I was trying to reconcile all of my history with who, who I thought I should be and who, who I thought I was. I was trying to, to make sense of it all. And bring it all together. I was, I was trying to, to be a whole person, <laughs> to, to be okay. And if you saw me, you'd have thought I was okay, for the most part. But I wasn't. I wasn't at all. I was, you know, I actually wrote down a list. Let's see. This is like this whole, almost this whole page. Should I read them? This is what I was before Christ because <laughs> in Ephesians 2:12 it says this is what we are without Christ right I was afraid I was insecure I was hurting I was angry I was bitter I was resentful I was promiscuous I was practicing witchcraft and occultism I was very competitive and I was very jealous of other people when I they appeared to have happiness in their life happiness I couldn't attain I was lustful. I was controlling. You think I got control issues now? <laughs> I have been redeemed, so what you see is not the unredeemed version of my controlling. <laughs> I was a gossip and a slanderer. I was a bully. I was physically abusive to people. Man, I'd fight at the drop of a hat. You didn't even have to drop your hat. Just have a hat on. <laughs> I would love to fight. I was so angry. I wanted to hurt somebody. I wanted to put the hurt on somebody. I was unforgiving. I was hard-hearted. I was ashamed. I was condemned. I was separate from Christ. I was alienated from God. I was helpless. I was hopeless. <laughs> I was prideful and selfish. I was dead. I was dead. I had no life in me. There was no life. 
there was no chance of life. And I knew it. I knew it. I had begun to get revelation of that. And being unsaved and fleshly and carnal and in the world, this is what I thought. It's all my husband's fault. <laughs> right? Simple solution. That's the way we do it. That's what we do. <laughs> Blame it on the spouse. <laughs> Blame it on the family, whatever. So I had, I had begun going to church. I had, uh, I had started going to Zelman Harrison's church. I love you guys. And um, I'd gone a couple of times, and, and it was pretty good. I thought Harrison was peeking in my windows and reading my mail to the whole church. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, how does this man know that I'm doing this? How does this man know I'm thinking this? You know, I didn't have a clue. I was so, I was so clueless. So I went to church a couple of times, and it was a Wednesday night, and I come home, and... and uh, I just that that weight and that burden of that heaviness of of knowing my life was hopeless that my life was not at all what I wanted didn't matter what it looked like that I was not who I wanted to be that I didn't even know who I was that I sure wasn't who I wanted to be that I was just miserable I just I just got such a Revelation of that, and I thought, you know what? I just need to change my life. So what I'm going to do is, I got home from I got home from church, and I pulled up in the driveway, and I sent the kids in the house, and and I sat out in the car, and I just started crying and telling God, you know, I'm gonna give you one more try. I'm gonna give you one more chance. See if you're gonna show up this time. And so I started listing, like I made a list. I like lists, see? I like lists. So I made a list. To leave my husband, this is what I needed. How much money I had to make. What kind of place I had to have for my kids. How I was going to make it all happen. The money I needed to even go. I mean, I was plotting my future. And I'm crying, and I'm writing my list <laughs> of all this stuff, you know, figuring up my dimes and pennies. Because <clears throat> up to this point, I'd been a stay-at-home mom. I went to college and then stayed home and raised kids. <laughs> so <clears throat> I didn't have any work experience. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I'm making this list, trying to organize my life, trying to get some control, trying to, to get some happiness, trying to, to, to make something happen that's not happened before. And I call out to God, and I, I just said, if you're there, if you're real, this is it. I can't go any lower. I can't go any further. <laughs> and he showed up. <laughs> My eyes were open, and I was able to see. I was able to see Jesus. I was able to, to recognize that that there was someone who loved me when I thought I was unlovable. 
when I thought I was worthless and I thought I was nothing. And, and he showed up and he said, you're not going to leave. And I said, who the heck is in my car? Like, I literally was like, did I hear that in my head? Is that, am I hearing voices? Am I schizophrenic now? Is this what's happening to me? You know, I've driven myself really crazy now. <laughs> but it was God, and he was telling me, I'm not going to leave. He's telling me what I was going to do. He said, you're going to go in that house, and you're going to take care of your kids, and you're going to go to bed, and you're going to trust me, and you're going to get up in the morning, and you're going to take care of your kids, and you're going to do what you do, and I'm going to be with you. So I tore out my little list, and I t tore it up and threw it away because I didn't want Jack to see it, <laughs> see what I'd done, the evil I'd been plotting in my heart. <laughs> I didn't want my, my stuff revealed, you know. I didn't want to get caught. So I, I, that's what I began doing, just one day at a time. I began to uh, live my life, but it wasn't my life anymore. And even though I didn't have revelation of that, what I did have revelation of was I had a, I had a fresh start. Amen. That I had a, a do-over. I had a new beginning. Amen. That I had a chance uh, to do things differently. Even for my kids. I mean, I could, I could do things differently for them. I could, I could change their life. And so I... I began to recognize and, and realize that I'd been forgiven. All of those things that I did, all of those things that I was were no more. They weren't anymore. I, did, I wasn't that person. That person died. <laughs> that person died, and a new person was, was resurrected in her place. I became a new creature, a new creation. I was made righteous. That one took me a while to, to believe and to accept in my heart that I was made righteous, that, that I was no longer uh, held accountable for my sin. I was, I was free from all of that. I was free from all of that past. I was, I was able to live the life that God had created me to live. And I was, just a, I was just a baby. I was 33 years old. I was just a baby. I had my whole life. <laughs> I had my whole life to do things better and do things different. And that's what I thought. And I was just so, it was just so fresh in me. And so I was so excited about my life. I was so excited about the things that, that God had for me. And I would read every day. I'd read his, read the word. I'd read books, and and that's all I wanted to talk about was Jesus. That's all I wanted to talk about with anybody, and and I just wanted to, you know, read everything, see everything, everything Jesus, just Jesus all the time, day and night. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's all I wanted. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> and I know I was driving. I know I was driving Zelma nuts because <laughs> I would read stuff, and I'd be coming up there telling her like she didn't know. giving her the wisdom that I had received from the Lord that I knew she was lacking, you know. She's just the, the co-pastor of the church. What does she know? <laughs> See, I didn't overcome all of my fleshly ways immediately. I was redeemed, and, and I was made new 
But I still had a part to play in that. I still had things that I needed to do. I had to renew my mind in the word. I had to change the way I thought about myself and other people. I had to change the way I saw things. That I didn't look at things as always the worst or, or, or the most terrible that could possibly be is what's going to happen. Like I was a pessimist of all pessimists. Like nothing was going to ever have a good ending. Nothing was ever going to like... I was like Murphy's Law in the flesh. If anything can go wrong, it will. And I believed that. And that was, those things had to change. I had to become different in my mind so that it would line up with how I was different in my spirit. I had to begin to change uh, the way I thought about myself. I had to see myself the way God sees me. I had to see myself as a new creation. I had to see myself as uh, redeemed and justified and, and even healed and whole. I had to forgive people. I had to quit hating people. I had to quit being ugly in my little black heart because <laughs> God had given me a new heart. But these were things of the flesh that I had to work through, that I had to be, I had to be changed from. You know, the Bible tells us that we're changed into the image of God, that we go from glory to glory, that as we are uh, coming to the knowledge of Him, that we become more like Him. And that's a process. I can have the immediate revelation, but I still have to work it out in my flesh. I still have to overcome those carnal things. And I have to change my perspectives and my way of thinking so that they're like his, so that I have the mind of Christ and not the mind of Rebecca, because it was pretty messed up. It was like scrambled eggs in there, you know, it was bad. And so I had to, I had to allow myself to be transformed by the word. And that's what he says, by the renewing of the word that we are transformed through the knowledge of him. And that's what I had to do. I had to allow that transformation to take me from the dark to the light. Spiritually, I had been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But I had to allow my thinking and my emotions and all of that to come into subjection to the Spirit and be transformed as well. I had to see myself as going from the old to the new and from sin to righteousness and from death to life. Seeing the life of Christ in me not just my life, not just my natural living, not just my ways, but the life of Christ that was in me. I had to allow his spirit to rise up in me and, and bring me that peace and joy that I was looking for and to allow him to love me and receive his love. And then I had to also uh, uh, allow myself to trust him I'd never been able to trust people, you know. I thought I couldn't trust people. And so trusting God was a big one for me. Trusting God was hard. I mean, I still sometimes have issues, and I'm like, what's going on? And God's like, you don't trust me. And I'm like, oh, I do really. I do. <laughs> My mind just wants to go back 
to, to doing things my way, to taking control, to, to, to making something happen in my own self. And so I'm not trusting him to do it. I'm trying to do it myself. And so I, I get back into that old way of thinking. And I have, to, I have to submit it all to him again and say, no, no, I trust you. I can just look back over all of the things in my life and see God in so many ways. I remember, like, not long after I got saved, you know, the plotting to leave didn't, like, really all the way go away. <laughs> there would be moments when I was having a bad day. I'm like, this life sucks. I just want to run. That was kind of my MO. I'd leave. Man, I'd cut people out of my life. You, you bother me. I'm like, you're gone. <laughs> I, would, I would, like, walk by you like, don't even see you. I mean, I could throw some shade um, so I, I would, when things would get bad for me, I would still want to run. I would still want to go away. I would still want to, you know, start all over, everything new. Start, throw it all in the garbage and start fresh. So sometimes they wanted to throw my kids in the trash and start fresh. <laughs> you know, I'll just find new kids. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I, I still wanted to do those things. I still would have those thoughts. I would still have uh, moments um, that I would want to give in to my natural self, but God would always be there for me, bringing me comfort and confidence and showing me that he has a plan for me. I thought I, thought I got married because it was my choice. That's what I thought. When I married Jack, that was God's choice. You wonder how I know? Because ain't no other man on this planet going to put up with my crap for all these years with the grace and the patience that he has shown me. <laughs> it ain't, ain't nobody else going to do it. So I know that God sent him in my life. And so even when I, my mind would be thinking, this isn't my life, this isn't what God has for me, God would show me it was. He would always show up and reveal himself to me. My kids, as they got older, they went through things and and they had troubles, and, and I spent, seemed like, my whole life on my knees in prayer for them. It seemed like I, I was always travailing and interceding for them to try to save their little wretched souls. <laughs> Get them out of trouble, keep them out of trouble. But, you know, I had sowed seeds in their life that were manifested but God was still able to do mighty works in them and through them and he was able to restore them I could tell you stories I could fill the day with stories of God intervening in my life and my kids' life he saved my life so many times he saved my children's lives he has been there for us and even in our darkest moments when I thought, I can't survive this. He was still there. <laughs> Today could be a dark day for me. It's an anniversary of a tragedy. But I don't think about that. 
I think about all of the moments I had with my grandson. I think about all the moments I'm going to have. I think about if I didn't have Jesus, I'd never see him again. And I'm thankful to Jesus for that. I'm so thankful that he came and he made it possible for us to be restored back into the family so that we can spend eternity together. I am so grateful for these things. I can, I'm telling you, even in my worst moments, when I wanted to be angry at God, when I wanted to, to curse him and, and die like Job... <laughs> <laughs> when I wanted to give up, when I wanted to just say, this is too much, I can't take it. That's when he would say, you don't have to let me. And I would, he would remind me. <laughs> he would remind me because he's so faithful and he's so good. He would remind me that he is there for me, that I can give him all of my pain, all of my hurt, and he can give me all of his joy and all of his comfort if I let him. And so I, I was now living my life for Christ. I was seeking what he wanted from me. I was wanting to do what he wanted me to do. I wanted to tell everybody of his goodness. I wanted to proclaim his glory in all the land. I wanted to, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to go do missions. I wanted to go preach. Oh, I didn't know how to do nothing, mind you, but I wanted to do it all because I was, you know, ambitious and excited and on fire for God. And that's, a, that's what I wanted my whole life to be, every minute of my life. I wanted it to be uh, full of that energy and that life. Um, I didn't want it to ever wane or go away, you know, and that's what I was thinking. This, this too shall pass. <laughs> you know, happiness comes and goes. But over the years, it's changed, but it's never gone away. It's never, it's never left. I've never not been filled with joy I've never not been, uh, had access to the peace of God and the comfort of God within me. It's always there. It's just if I want to, if I want to submit to it and surrender and allow that to be what is prominent in my life at the moment. Because I can choose to dwell on the bad stuff. I can choose to look at everything that has gone wrong or been wrong. I could choose to do those things, but I've chosen instead to see Jesus in everything. And to be thankful. I remember when I first um, uh, was coming here, when we first opened the church, I came one Sunday, and Pastor Greg was preaching, and he said, uh, he made the statement, if you're depressed, it's just because you're not thankful enough. Well, I was hot. I was hot. I was on Prozac. I mean, I was a Christian. I'd been saved a few years, but, I mean, this is how... It was a process of getting to this place because my mind could be saying one thing one minute and then something else the next minute, and I wanted to be happy, but I was still being controlled uh, by my emotions and things. And so I'm like, they said I was depressed, and they gave me Prozac, and then he said I'm not thankful enough. Who the heck does he think he is? I think that's that look right there. <laughs> I was so mad. I thought, he don't have a clue. That man ain't never been depressed. He don't know what he's talking about. He just needs to sit down and be quiet. See, I was ugly. Dang it, I was an ugly little thing sometimes. But it wasn't much longer, like a day or two. And um, I went to a friend's house, and was, um, there was a lady there I'd never met before, and she said, was talking about being thankful 
And she said, I want you to write down a list of everything you're thankful for. And I just kept hearing pastor's words in my head that that's why I was depressed because I'm not thankful. And so I began writing this list of everything I'm thankful for. And then she had us pray. And she said, I want you to just read this list every day, every day, every day. And then it wasn't just a couple of weeks later, um, I went to kindle the flame and I went up and I got prayed for. And then the next morning I got up, I went to take my Prozac and God said, you don't need that. And he, and, the, and all of that stuff, this last few weeks flashed in my mind, like the picture, you know, uh, a movie reel and pastor's words, you're depressed if, if you're depressed because you're not thankful. And God said, now you're not depressed because you're thankful. And so even when I didn't know what I needed from God, even when I didn't know to seek him for something particular, he was there. He was giving me what I needed. He was always with me. He will never leave you and never forsake you. We're no longer orphans. We have been adopted back in. We are true sons and daughters of God. We have all that we need. We have all that he's given us. And so if we're lacking anything, it's just because we haven't taken a hold of it in our minds. We haven't recognized, we haven't realized, we don't have revelation of what God has done for us and what he's given us. And so we're walking around defeated and broken and dying physically and spiritually because we don't have revelation of Jesus and what he's done for us. And that's the true transformation. When we see Jesus as he is, then we see ourselves as we are, and we are transformed into his likeness. So after, after I got saved and I started, you know, living for God, let's see some more pictures. Let's see what we got. Oh, oh that was back in my bad days. See, I was an outlaw. See the guns and the money? We just robbed a stagecoach. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, go to the next one. I told you we'd have some fun. So I had my grandbabies. Aren't they cute? They're not that little no more. But I was beginning to see in pictures now, even in my eyes, I could see a difference. The smile was the same. Everything was the same. Do the next one. But I could say, oh, look. <laughs> look how cute we are. <laughs> That's what we looked like in high school. <laughs> Go to the next one. There it is. Laying hands on people, praying for people, seeing them delivered, set free, seeing healing come, seeing life be restored seeing the resurrection power of Christ let loose on the inside of them so that they can be redeemed and they can be restored. Then the next one. Look at how cute we are. Oh, my gosh. Going to other countries I never thought I'd go to, ministering to people that I never thought I would ever see in my lifetime. Next one. Look. That's my girl right there. We got to be separate. We cause too much trouble together. <laughs> That's at youth camp. 
That's it. At the, at the summer camps we have, I'm telling you, there is nothing more gratifying than pouring into the lives of young people, being able to share Jesus with them. Oh, I'm telling you, it's the best to know that you have just any little tiny opportunity to plant a seed, to make a change for them, to reveal Jesus to them. Oh my gosh, it just gets me so wound up. Let's do the next one. There I am. Just like now, you see me. <laughs> Speaking the word, tell them what Jesus has done. That's what I want to do. That's all I want to do. And the next one, Wonder Woman. Oh, I love Wonder Woman Conference. I love our Wonder Woman Conference. That's a time when we are able to just really minister Jesus to people and feel them. Next one. Look. We're so cute. I love seeing pictures of all the people who have Jesus, and it just, he just shines out of their little faces. He just, it's just a glow that we have. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. <laughs> is that the last one, or is there one more? I don't remember how many I had. Oh, look. I love it. I love it. What you see there... What you see here? Oh, not there. No, yeah, go to that one. Do that one, too. Look at there. That's the celebration after it's over. <laughs> That's us having fun. Oh, my gosh. I love it. There we go. That's what God has made me for. That's what he created me to do to share his name, to share his glory, to talk about him, to be a witness for him, to give testimony about him and how good he is and how faithful he is and how wonderful he is. And through the tragedies in my life, through the joys in my life, through everything that I've lived and everything that I've done, I want God to be revealed in that and his glory to shine forth. And this was very enlightening for me because I always try to not think about, you know, the B.C. days before Christ. <laughs> I try not to think about those times because it was painful. It was, it was not pleasant for me. I'm sure it wasn't pleasant for those around me, <laughs> but it wasn't pleasant for me. And so I, I try not to think about those times. I try not to reflect on them. I mean, every once in a while, we'll tell some stories, you know, especially at holidays. I hate the holidays because my family wants to tell all the stories of all of my bad things, my bad girl days. They want to tell everybody, remind everybody, remember that time she beat that guy up? Remember that time? She? I'm like, please, let's just stop. Let's not. Let's not talk about these things. And so I'm always trying to forget them. But you know what? As I was looking through these pictures, as I was meditating on the transformation that's happened in my life, I thought, I, I missed it. By, by blocking that out, I've missed an opportunity to reveal the goodness of God. I've missed an opportunity to show people this is what I was and this is what I am because Jesus is. <laughs> not because of me, not because of anything I've done, but only because of what Jesus has done in me. He's changed my heart. He's changed my mind. 
He's healed my body. I feel like I'm fixing to sing that song. <laughs> okay, so some of my mind is still a little wonky, but that's okay. <laughs> he has done so much for me. And when I, when I forget about those things, when I forget about where I came from and who I was without him, then I cannot fully reveal how glorious he is in me now. I cannot shine forth the light that is in me if no one ever sees that there was darkness. We don't think about people's past. We think they are who they are now. We don't see the things they've done. I mean, I didn't want to be friends with people on Facebook. Like, I kept my Facebook private because I didn't want nobody from my past being my friend and, being, and calling me out on something. You know what I mean? Because that's what people do. Oh, you're a Christian. Well, I remember when. <laughs> and I didn't want to remember when. But you know what? I've missed opportunities. Because when they would say, oh, I remember when, and you're a Christian now, I could have said, glory, hallelujah, I am. Jesus has done this for me, and he can do it for you. And so I recognized, you know, I, I got a little revelation about uh, my witness for Jesus that my testimony is, has not been as good as it could be because I'm leaving parts out. Because the transformation that he did in me was total and complete. It was, there was nothing that wasn't touched in my life. There was nothing that wasn't uh, uh, torn down and rebuilt. I was reborn. I was made new. And everything that was before, I didn't have to allow it in anymore. I didn't have to think like that. I didn't have to feel like that. I didn't have to act like that. I didn't have to be like that person because that's not who I was. I remember when Pastor Kevin was teaching, I don't know, a few years ago, and he said that, you know, I would do this and I would do that. And he'd said, and then I'd tell myself, that's not who I am. It was like little fireworks in my brain went off. And I thought, that is not who I am. I was trying to hide that person because in some ways, I still felt like I was that person. I hadn't 100% adopted my new identity. I was still allowing myself to say, you know, I could be that person or, or I can still be that way. But even if I can still give that nasty little look, that's not who I am. So extend grace and say, that's not who she is. <laughs> she really loves me, even if there's fire coming out of her eyes. <laughs> you have to forgive me. <laughs> that's not who I am anymore. That's not who I am. I'm not, I'm not the things that I say. I'm not the things that I do. This flesh is not who I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who I am. There is no part of me that any, is corrupt anymore, that is sinful. That old man is dead. That's the transformation. That's the change. That's the real story. That's the news flash. That's the headlines at 10 p.m., <laughs> you know, is that I have been changed forever, completely, without Without any thought of, of taking it back or, or undoing it, God, it doesn't matter what I say or what I do, God is never going to renege on his part. 
And his part is all the parts. (laughs) It's his covenant. It's his promise. It's his sacrifice. It's his life. It's his joy. It's his peace. It is Jesus on the inside of me. It is not any part of me. I have no part of any of it anymore. And when I find myself getting to the place where I say, this is too hard, I can't do this. This is too much, I can't handle this. Those are the times that God will remind me, you don't have to. I took all that for you, and I'll keep taking it for you. Just let me, just let me be your comfort. Let me be your joy. Let me be your provision and your source. Quit worrying about your, what's going to happen at, at work or what's going to happen in the world or what's going to happen with your kids because I'm the one who's made the sacrifice to give them everything. So all you got to do is trust me. He tells me that, and I just, I just am at peace. I just have peace. Something I didn't have before. In the middle of any storm, I can have peace, I can have joy, I can be relaxed, I can be... <laughs> I remember my, do- my youngest daughter, she'll tell you, she thought I was the cruelest mom on the planet. My son was... Uh, long story, but he was drunk on a motorcycle at about 2 a.m., and we heard this through the grapevine. We'd have been here. It was a whole night thing, all night, all evening, all night, things went on. And I said, she comes and tells me, you know, I heard from a friend, from a friend, from a friend, you know how kids are, teenagers. And I said, okay, go to bed. And she'll, sit, she'll tell you, she just laid down and went to sleep like she didn't even care. I didn't care. I didn't care what the enemy was saying. I didn't care what the world was going to say. I didn't care about any imaginations that were coming into my head because I had the word of God that brought me security. I had the word of God that brought me peace and comfort. And so I was able to rest. And many times in my life, I've been able to do that. I've been able to rest in him because I know that the greater one lives on the inside of me. And I have been, I have been transformed. And the person who worries and plans and tries to control everything, and when things were out of my control, I'd have meltdowns. That's really the reason they put me on Prozac, was to keep me from actually killing a person because... <laughs> The doctor said to me, he said, he said, is there anything going on in your life? And I was, I think he got that look. And I said, I got teenage kids. <laughs> but I remember saying to him, <laughs> I remember saying, you know, when I make a list of what I'm going to do that day, and it's even timed, like it's gonna, I'm going to leave the house at this time, drop off the kids at this time, be here by this time. It's going to take me this long to do this. And if any little thing got off by a fraction of a second, I couldn't function. I'd be so mad. I'd be so aggravated. The rest of the day, I was a terrorist to anybody who crossed my path because I was running five minutes behind. Or what I wanted to happen didn't happen. I'm not that person anymore. I don't have to worry about the time. I can take all dang day if I want. <laughs> I don't have to be anywhere on time. I don't have to rush and hurry. I don't have to be filled with that, with that uh, anxiety. 
You know, the enemy has tried to come for me and tried to come for me. He has tried to steal my faith so many times. He has tried to take away from me what Jesus did for me. And I'd like to think that I withstood him, but in reality, it was Jesus who was fighting for me, who was my strength to be able to resist, who was my strength to be able to stand against the things of the enemy and not give in to them and be a heap in the floor, be crying and wailing and travailing and wondering why my life sucked and how come everybody has it better. It was Jesus is the one that is able to change everything for me. And he has changed everything for me. My life, the life I live, because people see us live in our life, but that's not really your life. The real life is what's inside you. And the life that's inside me now is the life of Jesus. It's not the life of, of, of stress and emotions and and all of those things. It's the life of Christ. He has made me new, and I am so thankful for that. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that I don't have to be like I was. That I can be as he is. That I can live as he has created me to live. That I can have everything that he gave me in abundance and overflowing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for letting me share. Glory to God.